Welcome to a second episode of Open Heart. All right, coronavirus, you have changed my way of life. This past fortnight, I have experienced things very differently to what I've been accustomed to as an adult, as a father. Now, one thing for sure, we haven't been short of news materials. There's plenty, enough to scare the crap out of you for the rest of your life. We know now that the model of the disease changes by the day. We know that the information we get about you could be obsolete the next day. We know that there are now potential loss of smell and taste, things that we didn't know two weeks ago. Now, what scares me is that this is only the beginning, and they're talking about shutdown, but I really starting to feel like it's locked down. I mean, even though I know that I can get out of my house and drive, there's stories now of, of police stopping you and giving you fine if you don't have a reason. If this is not lockdown, well, this is shutdown. If it's not shutdown, it's lockdown. It's but it's the worst, and sometimes both of them are synonymous. One thing I know for sure is that lockdown is taking its toll. People are getting angry, they're frustrated, and many of them are getting bored. They don't even know what to do themselves. And you're talking to, to a generation who's never been stuck at home, a generation that is using the cars just to go out whenever they feel a molecule of boredom in them. And so there are a lot of issues coming up too. Like I, I know that the year 12 are not having a great year. These poor kids who are about to enter their adult life have got all 2020 upside down. They probably won't have any formal. And some of them have bought their dresses already and they're not going to wear it in public this year. There won't be real studies for them. So I understand things are going to change, so they're going to have to find a way. But how do they do this? What do they do? The Ruby Princess saga is continuing. We're talking more and more about the stakes. We're talking more and more and we're counting. We keep on counting the number of deaths and then we want to blame them. We want to blame the crew. I mean, one thing for sure, coronavirus, you have managed to be the most famous entity on the planet in a very short period of time. Even Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan may want to learn from you. But there's one thing that I, I don't know, is that how much more damage are you going to do as a byproduct of your present, of your existence, not necessarily in, on the health side, but on the mental side. Because right now, uh, there's another thing that we humans like to do when we're confronted by viruses like you. We're now starting to also hunt for someone to blame. Is it the Chinese? Should we blame them from the, for the origin, for their failure to contain the virus, for lying about the numbers maybe? Also, should we blame the World Health Organization for the things that they did, the things that they didn't do, the things that they didn't support or support? I don't know. One thing is for sure is that this is a time when most of us will go limbic. Most of us will just return back to our primary being, our state. This is when unhappy people will find a reason to be unhappy. Angry people will now have a very good case for being angry. Now scared people obviously will run around emptying shelves in shops just to diffuse a little bit of their fears. But that's not a battle they're going to win ever. On the other hand, you have the positive people who will always look for the silver lining to whatever happens in their life. And maybe I should really learn from these people. 
They are the brave people who will carry on with their work and will find new ways to do their duty because they have to. So with so much confusion, I understand it is very easy to feel lost and frustrated. Um, sometimes I'm sitting there feeling, how, been, how do I plan for the future? I understand the people who are angry are there. Some of them have got a good reason. Some of them may have lost someone because of you. But all of us have lost something because of you. And so should we really look at someone to blame? I mean, we know that there's more domestic violence. I mean, really, 24-7 with someone that you love? That still is scary. I have no doubt that because of you, my generation is experiencing a war, maybe our third world war. When I come to think of that war, I immediately think about the soldiers and the generals that we have, the nurses, the doctors, the health workers. And so I'm a bit confused. We send the nurses and the doctors out there and we hear that they're running out of masks and gloves. That would be like sending soldiers to war and they're running out of ammunition or weapons. And then uh, I hear of nurses now who've been asked not to be in uniform when they go home. How could you ever ask a soldier to take off his uniform, the one that he wore with pride when he defended you? How could you ask him to remove it as he goes home? It's just crazy. But you see, virus, this is how crazy you driving us. You making us do these things. So maybe this is a time now for us to change, but also for us to find a way to put up with you. We're going to have to move forward. We know that. But what we have to do is way more than just move forward. We're going to have to really look for a reason. Some of my people have been asking me whether it is right for us to carry on our work as real estate agents when many people have lost their jobs and are feeling insecure. And my answer is very simple. We have to keep on doing our duty just as much as we're asking the nurses and the doctors to carry on with their duties. You see, we have our government to lead us and make certain decisions for us because they have access to way more data than us. But until they stand us down, we have to carry on with our duty. This is not time for us to crumble and shirk away from our duties. We have to make sure we do our part in maintaining this economy or whatever's left of it so it doesn't die, so that it carries on with dignity, but also with everyone doing their share. Business leaders are divided into two groups for the moment. One group is a group of people who have dropped their arms. They are waiting for the $1,500 stimulus package to come into law, which has now happened, in order to make some new plans. They show their team that they are not the leaders that the team should follow. Then there's the other group of leaders that are like, the leaders who really go out there and lead by example and do more and make sure that they are looking for a better way, not just for themselves, but for everyone in their team to keep going. I, w I was going to say prosper, but I'm not so sure that you should really look at prosperity in these times. You need to make sure that you go beyond survival, but you do it properly. Those leaders who keep on pushing themselves to be flexible enough to go around you, virus, without taking advantage of anybody else, 
those are the leaders that really inspire me. I think we need to really look at some of the lessons here. Number one, I think the buck stops here. We must learn from our lessons from the past and we need to move forward. And the lessons from the past, we this is not the first time. We've had way worse epidemics so far. We've had the Spanish flu 100 years ago when science was nowhere at the level it is right now, where millions of people died. And so for us, it is important right now to just find those lessons and go back, understanding those lessons, and move forward. I think, too, we need to focus on becoming more interdependent. But it can only start if we become more independent to find a way to deal with our own primal needs or behavior. If we know that we're prone to being scared, well, we have to first find a way to conquer those fears, not relying on anybody else. Only then can we become interdependent. You know, I believe that this pandemic is only the beginning. There's no doubt that there will be way more to come, some less violent and some way more. The key is, are we going to be ready for it? Are we going to show unity right now in order to forge ahead and prepare ourselves for the future? Or are we going to drop every advancement in technology, in knowledge, all of these things that we have gathered over the, this century to go back 100 years? So what really has happened to us that's made us angry or cynical? Why do we enjoy so much the wrong or looking for the wrong in things? Now, I understand. For some people, I may come across naive, but to me, it is time to look at what's real. Not necessarily what's popular or newsworthy, but really, it's a time to stop the blame game and give a very good opportunity to rise again. I truly believe that Everyone can do good. Not everyone chooses to. And I'm okay with that because that's what makes our society colorful and diverse. But it is time, whether it affects my business or not, that we elevate our consciousness. One of the people I have studied for quite a while, his name is Sadhguru, uh, said that there was no death, only life. And I was thinking about it over the last few days, especially with some... Matters of life and death happening in my own household. That it is true. There is only life. I don't know that there is anything after death. Not to this little conscience of mine. He does say too that the greatest evil on the planet is not evil. It's ignorance. It's not knowing. And so, you know, virus. it's very difficult for me really to sit here and not take you seriously. It's very difficult for me to sit here and let you take the command of my own conscience. And so when he says ignorance, what it means to me is that in order for me to live a much better life, not only through my thoughts and emotions, I really have to enhance my faculties. I have to really manage my energy because at least energy is limitless. And energy can be focused and poured onto learning new things, new ways, and adapt myself. When I was talking about my trilogy of SMS, which is skills, mindset, and self, that skill is very important because skill enhance mindset and self. So if I can really enhance my faculties, then I will lessen my ignorance. 
And then with that, I can tame the evil within myself. The other thing I was also thinking was about our nurses. Why is it that they can do what they do? In some countries, I know that nurses are not allowed to have a test. And in some countries, if uh, nurses or doctors wanted to have a test and find out whether you are in them, they have to pay 60 euros. And that stops a lot of them from doing it. And I guess it is one way for the government to make sure that those soldiers keep on battling. If they don't know that they're in danger, then they'll keep on going. But what if they do know they are in danger? Then maybe they will now be very scared for their family. I mean, I know nurses who go home and don't eat with their family. They eat in a different room. They stay away from their family because they know it's one thing to be on the front line. It's another thing to bring home landmines that may injure loved ones. I was wondering, like, what is it that makes these nurses go on? And, and why is it that they don't lose faith? And Viktor Frankl was someone that really came to mind. Uh, many years ago, I was actually reading Men in Search of Meaning. That was a story of this psychiatrist who actually survived many concentration camps. One of the biggest, or more, one of the most important thing that he did was, it was how he actually motivated some of his compatriots into surviving their ordeal. And so he had lines that went like this. Life has a meaning under all circumstances. Despair is suffering without meaning. He said that if we can't find a solution, we can at least find the best attitude to handle the situation because you always have the ability to choose the right attitude. When you find a meaning to difficult moments in life, then self-actualization is a byproduct. Now, I really like this bit because I am a student of self-actualization. I spend my time looking for ways to really improve myself. In that respect, I have followed a lot of Maslow's needs. I have looked at Tony Robbins' Six Human Needs, where growth and contributions were the last two that he claimed to be. But I never really realized or understood that really self-actualization is a byproduct. You don't run after self-actualization. You don't run after becoming the best you can be. It actually happens to you while you're running after something else. And the two things that you can do in order to get that are very simple. One is to find a meaning to what you're going through right now. And number two, that is to help others. Because when you help others either find a meaning or get out of their predicament, you enrich yourself. And I thought, that was great. This is how I am going to deal with you, coronavirus. I'm not going to let you get to me. I'm going to make sure that I will find the meaning to what you're doing to me. I mean, one of the meanings has been a great meaning. Over the last few days with the Easter break, I have done things I've never done with my family. We played games together. We took the time to play games together. I didn't have to rush anywhere. I think that for the first time in a long time, my generation has stopped 
running after making money, surviving, pretending that we are on our way, on our journey to success. And we have really devoted the time to those we claim are most important people in our life. And this is the amazing thing. This is already a gift that you gave me. Just your presence has actually helped me enjoy my time with my children, even though my two eldest ones are in their 20s. And so you are not going to beat me. I've already found one of your faults, one of your weakness. And one of your weakness right now is that because of you in my life, I am addressing the order of my values. I mean, how many people do I meet every single day who claim family or health to be the most important thing in their life? And all that they do is to get busier and busier and run around all day long, slaving themselves down the ground in order to make a back. And here now, you allow me to just make the time to just be with my family? This is crazy. Another meaning that I have is I believe I am actually a very fortunate human being. I am living a moment in history of mankind where we were so mesmerized by technology, success, the need to be more, the need to want more, the need for more, and just go back to what's really important. I have now realized that the news is really hypnotizing me. I can now switch off the news, talking about you all day long, coronavirus, and just go out there in the backyard and just work the land. I have now realized that I've been talking about quality of life, but never have I been able to have this quality of life. So maybe you are my teacher after all. Maybe you have helped me find what's really important in my life. That work doesn't have to come at the expense of family or health. That work can be taking second place and that's okay. Yes, I understand because of you in my life right now, my cash flow is affected. My finances are not as rosy as they should be. But, you know, I'm still alive. And I have earned over the last few days and I have witnessed and experienced things in the last few days that no amount of money can ever take back. So you imagine coronavirus is another meaning that you have given me. One day I'm going to sit down with my grandchildren and hopefully my great-grandchildren and be able to tell them about this war between you and us. That ultimately the despot that you are, the tyrant that you were, that confined me back into inside my own walls, got killed. You got destroyed. Yes, I understand it had come at a cost. But also, we, thanks to you, we have come to realize what's more important. So the meaning that you have for me is just crazy. Now, in terms of work, you have redesigned work. For many years, I've been talking about part, the rise of part-timers, the need to have people to work from home. And... You are helping me proving it right, right now. You are instrumental into bringing out what I've been asking many of our, my people to do. I've asked my own people to work less days. I have challenged my own people 
into making their staff work less hours and see that they achieve the same output, if not more. Now, I wasn't strong enough to drive them to believing into these things, but you did. So maybe in some aspect, you are my greatest ally right now. Maybe I should thank you after all. And so that is some of the meaning that I found so far. I need to really learn to be tolerant with people who don't share my belief. I get that. I need to be tolerant because all of these beliefs that I've now said about you, coronavirus, not everyone's going to embrace them. And it's okay if they don't. And I don't need to be angry at that. But that does not mean that I have to believe them. All I have to do is to acknowledge their right to believe their own conscience. It's okay for them to do that. And I think every one of us needs to find our why against you. My meaning works for me, but all of my fellow human beings will have to find their meanings for themselves. That's their duty right now. That will help them move forward. You see, between a stimulus and a response, there's always a space. And Viktor Frankl always believed that in that space, we've got the power to choose our response. So in that space... Yes, we may feel a bit of fear, that's human. We may feel a little bit of doubt, that's human. But that does not mean that it will be our response. And the way that I am responding to you right now, that is where my growth will lie, and that is the key to my freedom. It is difficult to find a meaning to everything. It's very difficult, sometimes. Sometimes you sit there and... You know that you have a terminal disease, such as, let's say, cancer, or that you suffer from something that has so much hold onto you that the final outcome is going to be death. Still, ultimately, you can't change the way I think. You can't change the way that I will take whatever's left. One of the things that I think about life and death is that sometimes the people who are going through some of these life and death situations, they seem to be taking life or the value of life more seriously than those who feel that they will live forever. I think that in that respect, uh, there's a lot of things that we can learn. I mean, really? Would my grandchildren ever believe when I tell them that I've gone to war against an invisible warrior. They'd be thinking I'm nuts. They'd be thinking I've gone up to Mars and find some ghost and then came back. One thing for sure, you're a game changer. That I have no, I give it to you. But right now, you have woken me up to the fact that I need to make my mind work for me rather than being worked up by my mind. Because in the end, you're only affecting me physically. You can't affect me mentally if I don't let you. And the same thing goes for with work. The same things goes with anybody else. To the young children who are missing out on year 12, well, I will tell them, maybe there is a meaning. Nobody in the history of your generation so far, or my generation, or my parents' generation, have had a year 12 that has been interrupted. I mean, I will tell this year 12, how great is it for them to be known as the year 12 that never was? How interesting would that be for these year 12 to recalibrate themselves, find a way and be flexible enough into dancing around what you are trying to do to them 
and find a better way to end the year than when you first arrived? And how great would it be for them to be at the beginning of their life and have encountered such an enemy? Nothing in life will be as difficult for them. So in many ways, maybe those year 12 will find a great lesson. The same thing for us with the cruise ships. Maybe there will be a better way of going on the cruise now. Maybe this is the end of cruise ships where there is 3,000 or 4,000 people packed up like chickens in the cage. Maybe they will find a better way of doing this. So in many ways, you have given meaning to even to those cruise companies. If I was a salesperson who had to go through this time, I would know that the only thing I had to do is to survive this time. Because if I survive this time, then there's no other tough times. If I've gone to hell and back, then nothing can really hurt me from here on. So in many ways, this is an opportunity for me to build a shield around me that would make me invincible in any other times. If I was a small business owner, I would look for an opportunity to bring my troops to the other side of hell. Yes, things are not going to be easy, but that's, that's where we have to step up. I want to sit down one day with my grandchild asking me, what did you do in those days? I want to be able to look at them square in the eye and say, I was a brave one. I changed my ways. I adapted my ways. I made sure that none of my staff went out of this business. I made sure that none of my staff were even being put off because I took different decisions. And this is the important thing. Everyone can really run a business when things go nice, rosy, honky-dory. The real business skill, the real leadership only arise when you're in trouble waters. I mean, really, would you really need a top sailor when the water is calm? No, you would want to have him only because you're going to go through challenging waters. After all, it is in those kind of waters that really we upskill ourselves. And so, yes, the meaning to a small business owner right now is really what is it that he's done that is superhuman that makes him a hero, even though, even though I don't like being a hero. I mean, that's another topic one of these days that I will talk to you, coronavirus. I am as anti-hero as they come. I believe that because everyone's unique, being a hero is wrong. Everyone is a hero if everyone does the right thing. And does the best thing, the brave thing, the courageous thing. And so when you run after the title of a hero, what you also do is burn a part of yourself in order to go for that conquest. Those who are reaching self-actualization really don't require any kind of status and anything else will do anything to remain as humble as they can. But as I said, that will be a topic for another day. Right now, it's all about us finding a meaning. So if you were a, a small business owners, there is no better time right now than finding a meaning. There is no better time right now than earn the right for your followers to be with you. And that means you have to make sure your mindset is at its highest, that you upskill yourself constantly, and then you work and remove all of those weaknesses of the self that are really pulling you back then you also make sure that you surround yourself with mind-like because those people are going to pull you up. 
And then you have to make a pact to never give in to gossips, chatting for the sake of negative back chat, and giving in into blame. Only those kind of requirements really are going to drive me towards my meaning. What about the people who have lost their jobs? Well, some of them will sit here and yes, they will feel sorry for themselves for the rest of their life. But I hope that many of them are going to take this as an opportunity to find a new direction in, the, in life. I hear of so many people who were forced into a career or into doing something because they had to because they had a family, because they started to buy things and own things and in the end possessions owned them and drove them into working like a slave in order to repay for those possessions. This is a great opportunity for them now to upskill themselves, change their skill, make sure that their SMS is enhanced by new faculties. What a great opportunity you're giving them. Yes, I understand. There are places where it's going to be difficult to find meaning. There will be difficulties with our elderly who I feel sorry for are spending much of their time right now away from loved ones because they are probably the most vulnerable. But you see, coronavirus, that's why I believe you're a coward. You can only attack the vulnerable. You wouldn't take on a guy like me because you know no matter what you do, I will always find a meaning for what you're trying to do to me. And just that meaning may not change my life, but it will change the way I think about you. Those of us who have watched that movie Braveheart, we would know about William Wallace screaming. They may take our body, but dot, dot, dot. So I think in these times, it is very important for me to create a huge why. Even at Wisebury in my organization, I try my best to support those who need it the most right now by helping them find a big why and settle down their fears because they need help. And it's okay. We are not always going to have the same faculties. And if you have got the skill now to find meaning, then it is important to go out there and help people find their own meaning. So you see, coronavirus, as a human being, I know that if I can get our people to latch onto something positive, then you can't get to us. You may still affect us physically, but you won't get to us. And I'm going to help them find a meeting that is so strong that we'd always call the best in us. I also believe that the harder it may seem to find that meaning at first, the better it is for us. Because there's only one thing that I know you don't know, is that in the end, there is always a meaning for every one of us. So I think meaning will kill you, coronavirus.